Yeah, well, every year I send my my art teacher um, my end of financial year return. So, because he was one of the people that told me I'd never make, never be an artist. So um, I can't wait to send this year's. <laughs> a year for you would be like 50,000 murals and a year for me would be like six or seven. Do you want to fucking trade? <laughs> fucking trade I was on three hours sleep. Yeah. Consistently, I was completely delirious. Consistently over a week, and like the photographers were like, yeah, well, "Look how complex it is! This is a ridiculous artwork behind you." For me, I always wanted to have vulnerable conversations. I always wanted to to be something because I, when I was younger, this is probably where the rock star mentality is. Thank you, therapist. Um, <laughs> You're you know, welcome. You know, I was as a kid, I was like kind of bullied by my dad, and I was like. I was always told that you'll never do anything. Like you're always just a failure. And as a kid with ADHD, I'm just like scatty, not wanting to do anything. I can understand that's coming across, mm. but in order, like for you to tell someone that, that's mm. pretty shitty. I talk to you. Are I, literally, I'm, like, I'm, on, you're I'm, so I'm, center, I'm yeah. now on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's let's roll it, eh? Welcome to Massive Flats. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to our sponsor, Capital Brewing, for supporting this podcast and what we do here in the flats. What's been going on, guys? Thank you for joining us again. It's great to see you in town. What's been happening? Uh, I've just been blending in. Yeah. S- <laughs> sure. We just met on last night. You're like covered in paint. <laughs> Like Definitely like like as Melbourne as they come. Yeah, <laughs> Skinny I, um, black jeans, covered in paint. <laughs> I always get questioned like, where can I buy those jeans? Yeah, I get like, that too. I get that and too. I'm like, um, give me $300 and I'll yeah. call you an asshole. <laughs> like, like, maybe I should up the price of it. Yeah, I'll give it five. <laughs> yeah, maybe you'll do three grand. I had a really funny project on Chapel Street like years and years ago in Melbourne for, um, this was back when I was sign writing, so I was, painting for Dan Murphy's, like a Dan Murphy's conference. Classic. So I was in the warehouse behind Dan Murphy's. Anyway, I was in this like dark, cold space for a couple of days and then had time to kill before flying out back to Adelaide where I was living. And I walked down Chapel Street with my fancy new paycheck and I saw in a really expensive shop um, like Blundstone Boots, patched up paint covered jeans <laughs> like oh, my no. exact outfit like I was like looking at the mannequin in the in the window and then my own reflection was showing the same outfit back and I texted my mom <laughs> it's like mom we're on trend oh, no. <laughs> yeah I saw, B- I, I saw whatever however the fuck you say that brand's name um I've just shot myself in the foot yeah the <laughs> never getting sponsored <laughs> nah, whatever. unless they pay me um yeah <laughs> they've, they they've released like crazy amounts of paint covered clothes and I was like I could have done that myself. I did this one job, must have been like six years ago. And this lady was like, where did you get your pants from? I must have them. And I was like, <laughs> um, general pants, I think. And she's like, oh, like, where are they? What are they called? How much were wow. they? Like, and I was like, oh. This they, is with your paint edition. Yeah, they were like, uh, seven, <laughs> <laughs> literally 1500 bucks. Whoa. Going for her pocket, so or wiping them off before they go in the pocket. Oh, I would wear that. That's a sick jacket. This just looks like my gear. Yeah, it really all does. All the time. It really does. I don't wear it this heavily. Like when the pants get this caked, I'm swapping them up for some new ones. Why is that? Because you can't sweat in them. Too much. It's too heavy. You carry that weight around. That's yeah. baggage. Yeah. I mean, also, it's nice to do as like a year long thing. Like, 
do a year worth of pants or a year's worth of like dungarees. <laughs> I feel um, like that's coming back to our earlier conversation though because a year for you would be like 50,000 murals and a year for me would be like six or seven. Do you want to fucking trade? <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking trade with you every day. And mine's like little fingerprints and yours is like... <laughs> Literally, like I, I'm at the point now where even my clean clothes are getting paint on them. Yeah, mine too. Like really, really trying to stop. Do you ever buy two pairs? Like uh, if I find something that I like, which is kind of rare, right? Like... A, unique style or whatever and body shape so um if i find a pair of jeans that i like i'll buy one to keep clean and one to wear for my paint stuff i don't think you know how poor i am no oh, okay. <laughs> no <laughs> sorry um, i'm actually quite rich <laughs> um oh, that you're sponsored <laughs> sponsored by general pants i should be after this podcast for yeah sure. yeah <laughs> um no i like i constantly have paint covered clothes and it's now like my brand trade my brand identity Maybe you could sell them on to make more money. It's not a bad idea, but I don't think anyone's going to buy my fucking yeah. my my yeah, yeah. my pants that, that smell famous, of, yeah. like <laughs> of beer and dog hair and like food, but just food <laughs> the food from like a year. That's the next step of Chapel Street, though. It's like the tactile, like comes with the smell, comes with the dog hair. Chapel is there a Chapel Street here, or are you talking Chapel Street, Melbourne? Uh, no, no, in Melbourne. I, that's what I was talking about in Melbourne. But the equivalent of that here probably does not exist. All streets lead. Uh, it's sort of Lonsdale. Yeah, yeah, it would be where we've just Maybe, been. But, but that's not clothes. That's not like where you go to shop necessarily. No, nah, it doesn't quite have the authentic vibe yet. Lonsdale, <laughs> Canberra really has an authentic nah, vibe yet. Nah, we're a sort of spread out city. So mm. every every suburb has a little favorite cafes and stuff but nothing like chapel or pitt street really i don't know what the hype is about chapel street honestly like you'll go down it's there. high end isn't it fuck no oh no there's like people passed out <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. can smell that the second you drive in like it's kind of like a tire fire i call chapel street the tire fire like are we about the same age nick i wonder if like um, I'm 35. Yeah, I'm 35 too. I just turned 35 last mm. week. And my memories of Revolver, like when when I was kind of 18 to 21 or so and we'd start going to Melbourne to party and mm. having those trips down there, for me it was for design conferences and New Year's and stuff like that. Yeah. And Revolver was definitely the hit spot. Revolver it was the alternative bar. Yeah, Revolver we always, looks, always went to travel. Man, Revolver looks like it smells and you'd stick to the floor. <laughs> I've like, I speak from experience in the, on the fact that I've never been there. Like, I <laughs> never want to go. But you were saying that you just moved to Melbourne a few years ago. Yeah, about four or, f- yeah. or five. Yeah, or we're talking about like poof, over yeah. a decade ago. Yeah. From what I hear, chapels, uh, COVID kind of took a toll on all those mm. night spots and stuff, but. Yeah. There's just like people sleeping on the streets and I'd, sometimes I don't even so know if they're heavy. asleep. I think they're dead. Like I actually think people are dead on heavy. Chapel Street. It's heavy. Yeah, it's a tire fire. <laughs> it's like it's supposed to be this like beautiful street art destination or like precinct for culture, but it's just like cash converters and like mm. dingy grilled restaurant. Is there a grilled there? There should be a grilled there. <laughs> um, like... <laughs> It will be after this. <laughs> grilled, grilled to me just feels like it's um just belongs in the danks. Like that is another sponsor that you're gonna spoil. Yeah, I, another I brand deal. Yeah. I don't think you, <laughs> I don't think you understand what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm trying, trying to get it. <laughs> Who's my <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Capital just Brewing. Just Brewing by the end of it. <laughs> 
Capital, we love. We love. We capital. do love Capital. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, Capital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, I'm trying to actually alienate myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't enjoy. This is your strategy for getting less mural jobs. Yeah, literally. I'm gonna cancel. Need a holiday. I'm just gonna boo everybody. Yeah. Well, well, that was a bit what uh, you were saying on um, social media that you're looking for a bit of a break. Uh, yeah. From that sort of thing. So is that maybe <laughs> part of part it? Of your yeah. strategy? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I want to spend enough time off social media. I need to. Re- I feel like I need to grow my brain back. I feel like oh, is that possible? No, no. <laughs> I've had en- like no, I've had enough concussions and enough oh. like enough drugs and alcohol and everything above that to like to kill my brain. So it's not coming back anytime no. soon. Um, <laughs> but we're gonna try. <laughs> we're gonna try. Um, social media. I'm gonna try and stay off it like for about thirty days. But you know that's already broken. I've already posted something today saying like mm. I'm leaving and, and, my, I'm, and my wife was like I thought you'd left already I was like I need to tell people that I'm leaving so people care about that me sounds like an addiction it's an addiction yeah, yeah that sounds like an addiction um so we'll see like I'll probably be back on tomorrow be fair do you are you worried that your um social media following will be like um you know poorly impacted negatively impacted by taking time off I hope it is what do you mean I want to leave <laughs> Don't tell them no, that. Um, <laughs> nah, maybe. I don't know. Because you've got like, I don't know, you've got almost 8,000 followers. Yeah, I think so. Are they vocal? Are they like very present? in? It, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of conversation happening for you on Instagram. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that kind of chat, like just vent to me and, and oh, like that. I've got, a, I've got like a nice open door mm. feel going. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it's just kind of like vulnerable conversations mm. and... Um, I feel like I've done that with you. Oh yeah, because <laughs> when you post a, like a when you post something, but I remember a, a magazine article that was about um, off of grass fires. Yeah, the, yeah, out of grass fires. That yeah. was very vulnerable. Yeah, and your um, you started opening up a bit more. I maybe I just tuned in late, but you started opening up about um, the themes behind some of the artworks yeah, and yeah. saying like I'm going to be doing this more and. Yeah. I mean, me being me, it was like, fuck yes, like definitely have time for this. Yeah, it's um, it's a big thing in like, I guess in street art or in just in art in general, especially I've experienced in Melbourne, it's just like it's boys club and it's just this whole thing of if you're not built for it, then they have no time for you. Oof. What? What? How would you, <sighs> this is a it's hard like, question to answer, but how would you describe built for it? What does that look like? I'd. The best way to describe it, and it's probably on par with you, is like projection of toxic masculinity mm. and like gatekeeping. And I was trying to touch it on before over what I thought was going to be ramen. I'm just, yeah. set, <laughs> I'm just set, I need to set yeah, the record straight. We went straight for ramen. There was no ramen. <laughs> I am very let down. <laughs> That's my fault. <laughs> but I'm taking my my noodles home. Yeah, I was nervous even suggesting ramen because you come from Melbourne. I anyway. love. Yeah. I love ramen. I kind of wanted to say I was like, it's not gonna pair up, dude. Sorry. We should have had grilled. I <laughs> 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 <That> was next <laughs> up. <laughs> but anyway, no, that was a, a good conversation that I wanted to keep on having. Yeah. Um, what about the which was about the toxic um, masculinity? Yeah, well, it was about the built for it mentality mm, of the mm. boys club. Yeah, it's um. I was thinking, I think I used the word cutthroat before and it's kind of, Melbourne is perceived as like Hollywood for artists, right? Mm. And in very many ways it is because there's so much work going around and it's just this scene where, you know, the more people do, the the more like everyone else is uplifted, kind of like um, high tides raise all ships type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it very much is that, but it's equally like 
manipulated by people who shouldn't be in the scene and shouldn't really have a place in the scene. Um, I like to refer to them as leeches. Um, but so they, they establish like glass ceilings and they, they're very elitist in the way that they go, oh, you know, this guy's flavor of the month, this person's mm. flavor of the month. Um, I'm going to work with this person exclusively and nobody else can come through. Mm. And, um, and they hold a lot of power. Uh, I think it's perceived power. I don't think it really is power. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really not because... <clears throat> Are they agents? Do they actually have access to clients or funding? Probably, yeah. I, I feel like anyone with social media can have access to a mm. client, you know. Like it's really... Mm. Like I said, it's all perceived, you know. Like I've had this uh, particular gatekeeper like after for, like chase me for nine months just like stalking me and like uploading weird shit on social media. I'm just like... Oh, I think that's about me. <laughs> and mm. then I'm just like, um, all right, cool. Well, thanks for the props. So, yeah. Do you think all pub all publicity is good publicity? Sometimes. Mm. I think like if you if your intentions are true, then yeah, sure. Um, if uh, if you're a prick and you make the news, then mm. I'm pretty sure that's that's just gonna everyone everyone's gonna know you as a prick. But mm. um, I feel like my intentions are fine. Like I I feel safe in it, in my actions. I feel mm. safe in my my ethos and um, and the, the company I keep. So yeah, I've like, I've got nothing to lose in that regard. Mm. Um, but it's just funny watching, like, it's funny watching the scene in general and it's across the world as well. It's not just Melbourne. Um, it's funny just watching it kind of <laughs> wean out the leeches and it's really beautiful to watch because, um, I guess in a way that they're kind of poisoning their own water. And mm. again, that's kind of how I've internally been describing it for like nine months. <laughs> very, very specific time. <laughs> nine months, 14 days. <laughs> but isn't that wonderful that nine months is the, um, is the, the, yeah, that's the, the, the term like of pregnancy. The mature, yeah. <laughs> I feel like now I've just been blossomed into this like Oh, do you think that it has like, baby. yeah, that it has actually um, created something in you that, that feels like a, a, a level up or a chapter? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, to have gatekeepers actively blackball you, that's, you know, mm. that's doing wonderful things for my career. Like, I'm, I'm set. I actually experienced the same. <laughs> it I, did wonderful things for mine too. Yeah, no doubt. But it was one of the scariest and, like, like horrible things that I've been through. Yeah. Like, but, I, I was really triggered. Yeah. And it wasn't... Um, if you're not built for this. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but that, I mean, that... That is kind of saying something because I, what you're describing doesn't sound nice to me, like an environment that I really want to be in. And no. yet this is, like you say, like the Hollywood of the Australian street art scene and yeah. um, and certainly like a part of me wants to be um, embraced into the bosom mm. of contemporary mm. art, Yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, I think coming from my background of like – emotional abuse and toxic masculinity and all the stuff that is leading to a lot of the media conversations and the art that I'm making now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not interested in like exposing myself to those people. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think anyone really should be. No, um, I, I guess I, as soon as I said that, I was like, who would do that? I don't know. I expose and, myself and, all and the, the time. More, but the more that you do, the more resilience you build up, right? I um, guess I wanted yeah. to say that 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 experience for me that like you described blackballing, which is a term I hadn't heard before, um, kind of like blacklisting, I suppose, like someone yeah, just same thing. just yeah. yeah actively wants you out. Yeah, um, that felt 
like way too familiar for me. It mm. wasn't the first time that I experienced that. And it was the first time I experienced that in my like corporate kind of career life. But personally, I'd experienced that a lot throughout my life. And um, it definitely took me back to like another state totally separate from my current like adult life that I didn't appreciate. But I think that's I think that's wonderful that you don't appreciate that. But equally, I think it's amazing that you can recognize you don't appreciate that, right? And I think that's the drive that I have in me and I think that's the drive that everyone should have in themselves um, because if you think about it, like why would I want to be a part of something I hate, right? Mm. Why would anybody want to do that? It doesn't mm. make sense. So my agency in, in, in the street art scene or – my mission for a lack of a better word is to fuck off all these people. Mm. And, you know, if I get blackballed along the way, that's fine because I know I'm doing something that's meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, that's at, so interesting. At the end of the day, like <laughs> I'm an artist. This is all that's, like, that's almost the goal, isn't it? Yeah. Like to be that interesting and that on the pulse Yeah. that it, that it pisses people off because you're yeah. in a sense, like, um, I think smalls really helped me understand this as well. Like it mm. was really the right He's so muscly, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a book boy. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, no, that the the emotional response was like, uh, I guess, a testament to how valuable the work was. Yeah, and it's it's conversation, right? So, like, I think art at its purest form is all conversational. Mm. Um, however, sometimes the conversation can lead in, like, shit talking about that artist, but nonetheless mm. it's like... It's all conversational. If 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 your art isn't producing conversation or at least producing interest, then I feel that it's wasted time. Mm. Um, because if you can't have an internal dialogue going while you're producing something that you're supposed to be expressing yourself about or you're dedicating your time and, and practice to something, then I think you're wasting your time. Um, but equally, a lot of commercial artists fall into that, that thing. Mm. And that's fine. Um, well, that's a that's a um, that's a hard lifestyle to achieve, in my experience, because when I create art that has deep meaning for me, it actually takes like quite an emotional energy as well. It's supposed to, I think. It should, yeah. as it should, or um, or physical energy, because I've done a, a shit ton of research into that community group, and now I'm creating art in response to them, or I'm helping them heal, or whatever that might be. So um, to continue, like, to do that full-time and to continue that level of output is, it's almost like being a therapist or something. Like, it yeah. does require so much emotional energy. Yeah, and that's kind of why, like, when you go to therapy, like, you you have this release and you talk about something in particular and then once you've got it off your chest, you can feel, you can you feel like you have the ability to, like, st stretch your shoulders out, crack yeah, your back. You feel, go. like, literally yeah. like a, a thing of, like, a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Um, so, like, I I personally feel like, that with a lot of my art that I produce, mm. I feel that whilst people can't necessarily understand the stories that I'm telling or they can't really decipher the the messages or the Easter eggs, I truthfully love that. Yeah, it, right. Because it's not meant for everyone. Yeah. Art is a reflection of me. Mm. My art is anyway. Mm. Um, sure, like my commission work leans sometimes to that client, but equally it's still a reflection of me and how I feel mm. about that particular brief or conversation. Um, so I can create my own dialogue around a lot of that thing, a lot of those topics as well. Like for example, um, I did a project la last, where was I last week? <laughs> Holy shit. I thought you were going to say 
last I was year. Lit- no, I was literally thinking last <laughs> week. But the project I'm thinking about was like months ago. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. I've just stepped into yeah, a time sleep, warp yeah. idea. I did sleep. <laughs> I did this project for a housing commission thing, right? And the the idea of the brief, like, the idea was that we want to kind of bring joy to the, the people's lives who live there. And um, I want to make sure equally that the residents were being looked after and all that jazz. And they were. So I jumped on the project. Um, but everyone was kind of painting like beautiful flowers and sunsets and like trying to spark like feelings. I'm yeah. like what are you, what are you saying? Like you're painting, a, you're painting like flowers that I, I guarantee you couldn't even know the name of, mm. oh, I couldn't name, sorry. Or you're painting animals that you don't, that aren't local to that area or everything in particular. And nothing really felt like a true expression of them. Mm. So I would like, I jumped in and go, I'm having a personal piece because it's a personal thing for me. I want to make sure that I have the ability to change someone's perspective on art or I can like uplift someone's life or whatever, whatever the conversation was. But the the piece that I painted was um, a picture of my wife, Britt, and one of my best friends, Sean, and Sean's holding an umbrella and there's got like, the original one was have like flying fish in it. I don't know why they pulled it back, but I put some lorikeets in it. Um, but the idea is that it's like changes. And so I did um, Britt blowing some flowers and the petals were flying across the mm. scene and, and stuff like that. So I wanted to make sure that people were, um, resonated with the painting, um, in the way that they can go, Oh, I relate with that. Mm. Like that's something that I can see myself doing and, Oh, I don't really relate with that, f- that series of flowers over there. And do you think that the people that painted the flowers had the opportunity to do something from their hearts or did they get asked to paint flowers? Probably a bit of both. Mm. Um, look, sometimes flowers can mean a lot to people. Sure. That's true. That's true. Um, but I think it's just the the expectation that like every street artist or every artist is supposed to paint flowers. And yeah. Like, yeah. It's popular. Uh, I sometimes, um, I sometimes am guilty of not giving myself enough time to come up with meaningful artwork. Didn't you say you do like one project a month, two projects a month? <laughs> that seems like a lot of time. I'm a slow worker. <laughs> <laughs> seems like you've got a lot of time. Yeah, you're right. Um, no, that's a recent rule. That's yeah. just come in since I got back from Tassie about six weeks ago. Yeah. I'm just trying to pare it back because I was finding myself relying on tried and true techniques and just jumping to quick design solutions instead of um, instead of taking the time. And I mean not just like giving myself an extra hour. I mean doing all of the work around creating space in mm. my body yeah. to fuel creativity. Is this um, commission-based briefs or is this like Always, your own personal yeah. work? Both. Yeah. But um, but to be blissfully creative, like to be in a state where I have creative ideas coming at me, you know, like in the middle of the night and you're writing them down and then every day you have different ideas, like where I've been through phases of that in my life where my brain is really creative, but over the last six months it hasn't been that. And it's not to say that I wasn't coming up with like great ideas for those murals. It was that um, they were very like in my, I probably shouldn't say this on record, but they, they, I was leaning to superficial design solutions. Yeah. I think that's a very happy way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, on my website, I distinctly say I do not do superficial design solutions. <laughs> I, I think for me, they were probably way deeper than like You've a lot of other people. But uh, but even by my standards, it would be nice to have 
um, it would be nice to have more space to to put my own, like you just described, like a completely new idea that comes so so much from me. Yeah, I think project. it's. Um, I think we were. Uh, this is actually something we wanted to touch on why we eat why we're eating um, fake ramen mm. was that. Yeah, like design or like design integrity or artist integrity. Yeah, and also design versus art. Yeah. Mm. Um, see, like I, I like to think of of Jess Rye as a brand, right? So like Jess Rye is different to me, Jesse Wright, mm. that I have no intention of putting myself or I try to have no intention of putting myself as the face of Jess Rye, but obviously naturally things happen and mm. I talk to – You were literally – I'm now on a podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now like the two are kind of bled together yeah. um, and I think that also helps it, but also it helps me understand how I can um, mould – uh, my expectations or, or, um, stay true to what I believe is my integral self. Um, is that the right way of saying it? No, probably not. That doesn't matter. No, that, that makes sense. But I want to pause there and ask, cause I'm very similar. My brand is Bowie. And when you, I mean, I come from a graphic design background, so I, yeah, me too. right. So mm-hmm. we're, we brand, like yep. we are branders yep. and we get to the mission statements and we get to the values and we get to know the company so that we can brand them. Yeah. And when you're branding Jezrai as opposed, am I pronouncing that right? Mm. As opposed to Jez, like yep. is it, has it been a challenge to come up with brand values for your personal self? Like it's a strange world that we live in and yet Millions, billions of people are doing it all around the world because of Instagram and because we've all made brands of ourselves in so many ways. Yeah. Well, I think it's also what happens when I work at my my pace. Mm-hmm. You know, I really have no option to really bend towards what I assume the client wants. I have no, not to say I don't have patience, but I really don't have the capacity to lean any other way. Like I'm kind of just putting my head forward if... If people are coming to me, they're, they're coming to me for what I've done. Mm. I don't think they're coming to me for what I can do. Oh, that's interesting. You know, like they're going to look at my folio and go, oh, well, Jess has done this. Jess has done that. Yeah. I want something similar. And they'll start a conversation. But the way that I the way that I join that conversation is literally go like, show me the work you like of mine and I'll, make, yeah. I'll maybe yeah. meet you in the middle, but I'm probably going to lean my new direction mm. anyway. Mm. Um, even for the cl- Has it always been that way for you? Um, nah, not really. Like I was showing someone my first mural the other day and it was like, well, not my first mural actually, my first mural was for like Nokia and I shit the bed. Um, that's another story. But, um, the mural I was showing for, I think it was like 2014. It was like some recruitment agency that I did that my cousin worked at. Um, she got me the job for like really low pay, but at the time I was like, this is sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I painted like, I didn't know what they wanted and I just chose not to ask and like chose not to ask the questions and what I decided they needed to be was like this happy valley with kids flying kites and a, <laughs> and a seal on a surfboard with a big sure. wave. And I was like, this is what they want. And I did it in like graph style as well. And like they were stoked with it. But also I look back retrospectively and I'm like, I wish that I asked the questions that I knew I could ask to, to lead in what I wanted to mm, do. Mm. But equally at that time, I was like, I need to showcase what I can do. So mm. like I was coming from graph and so people only knew me as like this graph lord, like crime, <laughs> crime boss or whatever. I'm sorry. People only knew you as a graph lord. <laughs> yeah, I'm a graph lord, 100. percent I surf trains. I like juggle cans. I like I'm all the above. Right. Um, no, like they only know me as this um, this like dude who did graffiti and 
like I wanted to extend what I did, extend what I could do. And so part of what I thought I could do was like cute kids. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that was commission work. And yeah. um, now I know better, but I think for any like artist that's just starting out, they're uh, going to try to meet them. I'm not sure if now you know better is the right way to put it because now you've created space for your style. Yeah. It's not to say that it necessarily existed before and if you weren't pushing that edge all the time mm. to make space for yourself, you might still be painting kids with guides. What was that? I you just... might still be painting kids with kites. Like, oh, yeah, true. Like, you, you've you know, you've, you've, yeah, you've, you've both pushed that space. It, yeah, to do what you want mm. rather than the commission work maybe. Mm. Thank you for that compliment. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I'm, I'm, I still I'm, struggle with it. I'm still surprised that artists like you are getting asked to um, – do things to a brief. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, actually still surprised someone, by that too. Someone from the outside would be like, "Why would you want that?" Yeah, from yeah, from not just you, but people like your caliber doing the work that you guys do. Why would people even ask that? Mm. There are limits, obviously, sometimes, but it still surprises I'm me. I'm only just like in probably in the last week realizing that I want to say a hard no to everything. Like every email that says, "Hey, can you paint this?" I'm just gonna start saying a hard no. But um, that's so sick. But it's a shock, I think, to myself even that I'm still getting asked so much. And particularly in Canberra, it's like we want public servants on scooters, we want sweeping magpies. Like there are very specific imagery that we get asked to do quite a bit. I think because mm, Canberra is very much like that. Yeah, yeah. and and Which they, maybe Melbourne's a bit different. Well, I think Melbourne it's, it's grown, gets to see what's bit possible more, yeah. a bit yeah, more than yeah. we do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 thing for me wasn't I want to make my own art. It was I want to co-create. Like I want to be a part of the conversation that is what do we actually want this to be and who are we designing for and who's walking past this and why do you want this and who do you think it's going to relate mm. to and can I challenge that? Yeah. Is there actually room for me to put my two cents in because I don't think this idea is actually going to connect with people in the way that you think it is mm. and let me help you by educating you. <laughs> I mean there's a, there's a lot of those conversations going on in Melbourne too. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes the... The the, per, the 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 direction that the brief is coming from, not direction, but I can't be bothered thinking mm. of a different word from it. The place that it's coming from yeah, yeah. Um, is just, you know, the generic old white person. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, what does Pinterest say is cool street yeah. art? Oh, it's either graffiti. Like flowers and sunsets, like, yeah. Can you paint me a Melbourne laneway? Like, yeah, fuck yeah. off. Um, or it's like, can you paint pretty flowers? And um, sometimes when when um, artist integrity is brought into question, a lot of the time they won't back, they won't back the artist. They just mm. want what they want. Mm. Um, a good example of that is like one of my mates, David Lee Pereira, beautiful person, um, got asked to paint um, by the council. Um, they briefed him on painting uh, flowers representing uh, sexual diversity and gen. Uh, gender diversity and a lot of other terms that only a perceived white passing male oh, okay. can can, okay. can list, I'm sure. They that, were labels. No, that me, I can only list so oh, many I because of the top of my head. Were um, the flowers obviously were gender they like, fluidity, um, that's the term I was looking for. Figs and orchids and stuff? Yeah. Were they obviously yeah. sexually yeah. related? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, gender fluidity, that's what that's the topic that's the term yeah. I was looking for. And um 
he painted it and it really received so much backlash from the community. What? Um, and it just blew up and the council was like, uh, no, nah, we don't back him anymore. <gasps> and what? so It was the council that asked him to do it? Yeah, they asked him exclusively to paint like gender fluidity. What was the feedback? Why were the community uh, look, unhappy? Look, to be fair, like 90% of the feedback was like, this is amazing. This is beautiful. We okay. love the conversations. Just those it was the 10% voices. of yeah. like fucking Aryan brotherhoods or whatever yeah. that was just yeah. like, I don't like this and I'm... Like old it and white. sucks that we that we let that voice get through though and and bend because that's this is like like the ninety percent and the council are trying to create really positive change. It only takes a turd to ruin a to breakfast, you know. Like, <laughs> let's be real. So graphic. <laughs> but you know, like, yes, that would ruin my breakfast. You're right. <laughs> um, it's a it's a bummer though. Yeah, you, know, you throw the whole plate out at that point. Yeah, you do. Um, so I think there's a lot of people. You're like cleansing that. the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're moving out, <laughs> contacting the real estate and moving out ASAP. Well, um, yeah. Well, I mean, the obviously the analogy would be really questioning whether the council would be like a good client moving forward. No, they're not. The trust is broken. The trust is broken yeah. completely. Yeah. So like me as an artist that I like to say I have integrity and like mm. to like to say that I stand up for. Um, all of my friends and all minorities and like I'm fairly clued on to and if I'm not, like I'm the per- first person to put my head up and say, I don't know, can someone teach me? Mm. Um, so I like to think that I'm that type of person and I don't like I don't have I, I don't want to borrow that shit. Mm. Like I don't want anything to do with that council mm. ever. Um, if they contacted me and I'll probably explain no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, That's like I think that like <laughs> <laughs> it's it we're, we're coming into a new new wave with like yeah. with small businesses and with with art and with artists and with galleries and this new wave is that like we don't want to take shit yeah. and we we're like we're building our own integrity i think lockdown really helped with that to be honest but like oh that's interesting was it qu- like an incubation period yeah oh, i'm fucking overcooked <laughs> <laughs> past, past nine months oh. Oh, my word. Uh, Melbourne had it longer, thank you. Yeah, that was <laughs> um, way too much. Yeah, I'm like, I'm deep. I've got friends with PTSD, like actual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were, um, this one couple particularly were living in Melbourne as um, like primary school counsellors. Mm. So they were working with kids going through trauma Shit. in schools that had a lot of like trauma in kind of written into that neighbourhood. And it sounds like, yeah, that, 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 uh, that was a lot. That was way too much. To ask of the citizens. Yeah. No, I, I went into lockdown already with a with a handful of mental health issues. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Lockdown definitely didn't help any of that really. Yeah. My beard keeps getting stuck to the microphone. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like <laughs> a balloon with arm hair. But, um, yeah, watch me just like leave. And you like, like a little braid. Like, hey, there's a cat on the desk. <laughs> Sounds even better now. Oh, my God. Insulation. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I went in with like a whole bag of... Of, um, of mental health issues and I definitely don't think it helped either but it also made me realise like what I, what type of work I want to take on and what, yeah. what type of people I want to be around. It gave and you perspective. Fuck, my, my friend group hit like iPod shuffle at that mm. point. Like mm. I've got entirely new friend groups. Um, I'm doing entirely new work. Mm. Like my work I feel like aged 10 years yeah. in the space of those two. Yeah. Um, I'm doing shit that I probably would, wouldn't have even liked back then. Mm. Um, is that like a um, a mental change, shift or technical? You had enough time to like practice new techniques or something? Um, yeah, both actually. Like I think the incubation thing is a good, it's a good, um, good term for it for sure because 
I was, yeah, just sitting in my room, like in my lounge room, just like wondering where am my work gone. I lost like 30 grand worth of work in the first yeah, day. I so was like, heavy. I'm fucked. Um, so then I took all my work to Twitch and I was like, I'm just going to figure out how to draw online and get mm. paid for it. And so I just kind of reflected on the fact like, oh, I don't really like drawing like this anymore. Um, I'm going to go lock myself in the studio and see how I feel after that. And so I spent maybe like three weeks like illegally going to the studio and like locking myself in there, putting on music where I knew no one would hear it. And it was just mm. like crying and painting and like getting real emotional. All and, the feels. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard more George Michael in, <laughs> in my life. Like, Can you listen to him again? Or is oh, that yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I listen to Father Figure all the time now. I bring up my daddy issues and shit. Um, <laughs> um, but like I... I did a body of work in lockdown. I just like produced this style that I was like, I'm going to set myself a brief because as, as a designer, I think that's how we meet yeah. we meet projects is yeah. with our own brief or yeah. if they have a brief, we send back something. So I made myself a brief of not using any outlines mm -hmm. just to see what would happen because mm -hmm. my, my artwork at the time was entirely outlines. Um, and then the work that came from it was, was really, really, really therapeutic mm. and I came out of it just going, I'm going to take this work into my practice and I combine the two of them. And then it was just like, I feel like outlines are such a lovely, like symbolic vessel. Yeah. <laughs> like they're enclosed and, you know, clean and sharp and perfection refined, yeah. and yeah, totally refined. And to let them go is so daunting. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, so yeah, super daunting. Yeah. But also to come out the other side flourishing is like an expansion of self as well. Yeah. Well, I was just, at the time I was like, what do I do? Cause like, all I do is outlines. Like how can I put yeah. paint on the canvas and like, actually express myself because what I was doing at the time like wasn't really letting me express myself mm. like the refined lines I wasn't refined it was mm. like the clean I wasn't clean it was like um consistent were you were you trying to be those things but failing is that how you felt it wasn't feeling like art it was mm. feeling like a chore mm. and so like a lot of my work is portraiture and like pop culture and so I was trying to do that stuff and I was like I no longer want to zoom into this like I work on my iPad I like, no longer want to zoom in and like refine this eyelid like I don't care mm. I don't get the same fulfillment out of it mm. so I just removed it all and I was like I'm just gonna go in set up I set up like maybe 20 canvases on the, wow. on, the on the bottom level and just like threw paint all over them wow. and just got nuts and oh I my just, god I'm so ready for this <laughs> yeah I just had like it just it like even if I <laughs> so ready even that. if I went back to my work I just knew that I had that period where yeah. I was like I released it yeah and so yeah now I just like now I go to art therapy every every Saturday oh tell me about that that's so interesting so sick I come from an art therapy back I come from a therapy like the last five years I've been heavy therapy and mm. um I had this fantastic therapist in Adelaide where I lived for quite a long time yeah up in the Adelaide Hills who used art therapy techniques. And she also ran like a play school for preschoolers. <laughs> so I'd always end up like sitting on the floor with crayons yeah, talking about my daddy issues. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. I actually unlocked this like incredible world within myself. Like it, it has translated to my work and my art so much. I think it should. I really think like everyone should be, should be positioning like expression in their art and, and, yeah. and messages and, yeah. And look, but you have to tune in to do that, which I'm a big fan of and yeah. do a lot myself. Or you let go and then you, you post rationalize it later and go yeah. like, Oh, I would think I was listening. I was listening yeah, to yeah. like a lot of Snoop Dogg there. Yeah. Like, how was I feeling? Yeah. So, um, look, I, I dissect, I dissect everything I do after I've done it anyway. Like I'm the type of person to go back and watch like uh, 24 hours worth of Instagram stories. And like towards the end of my run, I was just like, 
a thousand videos a day, just like reposting like dumb mm. memes and like dumb videos from like brown carding and this stuff. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, so I, I went back all the time and just like spent my time rewatching them. And so that's also why I've left social media for a little bit. Yeah, that sounds like you're spending a lot of time on your phone. It's fucking exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running up 16 hour days on uh, screen times. <laughs> We're living really different lives. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I'm. I'm moving at such a slow pace and I'm really enjoying that. Like I moved back to this property in Braidwood where I grew up and it's off the grid. It's really like shitty kind of service and it's taking me longer to come up with ideas, but I'm also just moving at a way slower pace. And I was really pursuing like slow living. Like I want to learn how to preserve my garden and how do you find you generate your ideas or your creativity? Well, that's something that I'm struggling with because a huge inspiration f throughout my life has been the city and the hybrid crazy mix of people bumping up against each other and all of their baggage bumping up against each other mm. and all of my baggage bumping up against them. So um, to be on my own is a beautiful safe space that I've never experienced before coming from like endless share houses and share studios and, um, you know, toxic areas. Um, but I'm kind of hitting a bit of a brick wall mm. for the last two years. I've been using nature as a, as an analogy for my mental health or like vulnerability or whatever that might be. And that's fine. That's going strong ish. I can keep on doing that, but I need content to put into that analogy. I, I actually only realized like probably a week ago that I'm not actually inspired by nature. I use nature as the visual language, but the words that I'm speaking are not nature. The oh. words that I'm speaking are human. I wonder what your art therapist would say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'd be like, fucking took you long enough, boy. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously everything that I'm feeling and articulating are human relations. Like that's obvious to her and that's obvious to me. But I'm using um, baby animals or a little toddler with a baby animal or whatever that might be to communicate like a really complex human issue. All of the animals and all of the natural elements are just metaphors for different parts of me and different parts of a human. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, what do you feel at the, like at the moment, like I know you're going through creative block at the moment, but what do you feel like is the most easiest thing to tap into for your, like your meaning and messages and stuff? I think in the past, well, I know for a really long time, anxiety, conflict, um, probably leaning on drug or alcohol or whatever that might be fueled my creative process. And then probably 2016, 2017, I really cut that and through that therapist had to learn how to be fueled by health instead of unhealth. Mm. But still it was relationships ending or starting or there was always conflict. And the last eight months I've um, really stepped back from conflicts. I've set massive boundaries between toxic people. Like I've really tried to um, speak up and... Uh, hold a safe space a really broadly around myself, not just a tiny one, but a big one. And so now it's more like um, researching conflict or mm. researching behavioral patterns or trying to find other communities and speaking like with or around them as opposed to, I don't know, it's more likely that I'll just tap into deeper issues. <laughs> <You need to. laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, like for me, I always look at, um, I tend, and you're probably the same as well. I tend to look at art as like big picture, like yeah. career wise, like how is this, how is this particular moment in time going to be 
looked at 30 years from now mm. when I'm a fucking rock star. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so like I always think about that type of stuff and like how does how does this reflect my current situation? And so that's I, a diff- that's a really different big picture to what I'm what yeah. I thought that where I thought that you were going. Yeah, no, I always I always like have it as reflections and I have it as documents. So like my practice, whether it's gallery or street art, is always about where I am in that moment. Um, if I paint things that are documented around like nostalgia, um, it means that I'm generally reflecting on things or like my PTSD has been triggered or mm. or um, yeah, childhood trauma has been lifted in some way. Mm. Um, so I always use it as as like a really good documenting piece. And so at the moment, a lot of my stuff that I'm doing is I'm painting my friends because I feel like I've got a really good... Oh, that's interesting. I've got a really good network and I've got a really good social... I've got social circles. Mm. I'm not going to say circle. I've got nice social circles with like really lovely people and the kind of... I guess the conversations are going on with all of my friends at the moment are either vulnerable mm. or they're uplifting mm. or they're supportive or they are just generally encouraging all the way around. And that's kind of the where I where I would like to keep going. Mm. And so I That's an outside of self thing. And still like it's through mm. you, but you're highlighting them as opposed to yeah. your own stuff. Yeah. Well I, I use them as props to to talk about how I'm feeling at that moment. Mm. So um I love painting my friend Sean because she's like very kind of I don't know. She's like very visibly off with the fairy sometimes. <laughs> she knows it. But um, <laughs> but like I like to use hers because she's very animated. That's what I meant to say. Not, not off okay. the fairies. Okay. She's very animated. <laughs> and so <laughs> I love that this meant off with the fairies because that's ADHD brain. Um, and so she's very like animated and so she's also very close to me and I can go, Sean, can you just hold this umbrella? Mm. I need to like reflect that I've got a black cloud above my head and I'm mm. really like – shitty at the moment yeah um hey brit can you like go like this with your hand so i can pretend that you're blowing flowers or something like that so i can talk about change or something but no matter if i have the message there um i always look back at it like a year from now going like oh yeah so that piece that i painted back then i was very hungry to do work and like Mm. i'd talk i was watching this and i was listening to this and um, this movie was popular at the time and I was really reflective on that. So I always look at it as like a journal. Mm. So like I portfolio all my shit. Um, and yeah, I like to I like to think that some people do the same. Obviously everyone's got their own practice and everyone's got their own type of thing. But it's also interesting to see like where people take their art mm. and how they document it and what type of things they talk about. Um, it's funny like this <laughs> – I don't want to not drop names. I'm not going to, but there was like sometimes councils give out like really direct briefs to the wrong people. Mm. So like I watched one go out the other day about like gender equity go to like a straight white cis dude. Mm. I'm like, you've missed the fucking point. Mm. And so, yeah. And I think it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot of, um, I think a lot of things are, mi- are missed in commission work and I think a lot of time needs to be spent particularly for myself at the moment with like personal reflection and like my own personal practice and like mm. turning down a lot of commission work mm. because a lot of my commission work and a lot of my feelings are getting wrapped up with a brand. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's like, oh, I feel this way but Converse has got their name on it. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's not really the right place for it though. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm can relate to so much of what you're saying and Damn right. can, can see my own art, my personal art as journal entries as well, like 100%. Yeah. They have been sad journal entries. I haven't That's made, fine. but I'm I'm not really I'm not super sad at the moment. Yeah. So but I think still I need entries. to like, but I need yeah de- they definitely are. Mm. But thinking about what the next chapter is going to be, like, um, I either need to sort of sit a bit longer with the conflict within myself, like whatever that unobvious element is of like even just not having. Conflict, you know what I mean? Like that mm. is actually causing conflict because I don't have the art to draw from. I don't have the themes to, to draw from literally. Yeah. So I need to dig a bit deeper with that because I'm missing, I'm deeply missing expressing myself through that. And I've got things I think I said earlier, like I've got things that I want to talk about but it feels too vulnerable. Like yeah, it's, I feel it's just too real to sit with. Yeah, I think there's, there's, a, there's an art form in itself by like disguising that and wrapping in different mm. packages and stuff. Um, one of my yeah, good friends and like amazing artists, uh, Jason Parker, was telling me about how he like tackles a brief now, mm. how he like answers his own um, ideas and stuff like that. And so he just writes down a question. He like writes down Q and A's for himself, and he just like talks to himself mm. like in written form and um, just writes like initial rationale for what he's trying to do and that will help shape the work to proceed um but also like you can also look at things as well like how do i normally get inspiration and maybe move away from how you normally get it yeah yeah so like the way that i normally get it is like deep dives on youtube and like Mm. thousands of hours scrolling on pinterest and screenshotting shit until i look back at it later going oh yeah i can use that one oh yeah that one's cool oh yeah cool um so like now at the moment I'm like really diving into music mm. and um, relating with music and reflecting on certain musics, music, musics, um, reflecting on music as well and like seeing how that makes me feel and then see if I do- I can document that in my the work feeling. as well. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. I like yeah. that. I mean, it doesn't really help that a lot of the shit that I listen to is like gangster rap. So yeah. does it not help or does it help? I think it helps. <laughs> I'm going to challenge that. It helps. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's where the rock star mentality is coming oh, from. Yeah, damn right. If I'm not, if I'm it not, it sounds fam- like you've had that for a while, though. Oh, I've always been a big deal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so I'm I'm a timid little being inside. No. I was thinking like my um, the question and answer that you were just describing your friend does Jason, my equivalent yeah. of that is um, like stream of consciousness journaling. Oh, and when I'm in a creative mood, which actually happened a couple of nights ago for the first time in a while, the storytelling gets really imagery heavy and that becomes like the symbols in the paintings that I like was really excited to discover again. Yeah. But then you take in other things around it as well. Like, Oh, I'm watching this on the TV while I'm doing this. Oh, my, my dog's like licking his ass. I'm going to put that in too. <laughs> like you just, you know what I mean? Like yeah, what flowers did I pass today? <laughs> like you can take photos as you go yeah. throughout the day. That is totally what happens in my paintings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in this one, I was talking in my journal about um, different moments on like really extensive years of travel where I felt like a real sense of freedom, like a real sense of freedom. 
And one in particular was walking the streets of Edinburgh, like way in the middle of the night, like like 2, 3 a.m. when I was like 19. I was super dangerous. But I'd been out kind of clubbing and didn't want to be there and was just walking the back streets and it was super foggy and it was really gorgeous, like cobblestone, moody, very cinematic. And um, And in my journal I sort of started like storytelling around that space and people moving into my world and then coming out and me sort of having autonomy over that space. And then the story flipped really quickly to another time in London where I was sitting around the table at Loxa House with a bunch of BMX boys, which was my scene back in the day. Amazing. <laughs> and um, and they're all telling stories that I was considering to be called reckless abandon, stories of reckless abandon. And this felt like a real boy thing to be able to do silly things, like dangerous things like destructive things even and to laugh about it later because girls don't have that so much, so much. I'm sure some female groups do, but I remember kind of laughing along and being like, oh, yeah, that's funny, but really yearning for that sort of like reckless abandon myself. Yeah. And so, yeah, in this like stream of consciousness kind of storytelling, I was really considering like what had happened to my reckless abandon and how maybe it had been uh, bottled up like generations ago because it wasn't safe to have it as a woman. Well, we always crave the things we don't want. Like I want curly hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? I want a dad. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we all I, want dads, Jazz. <laughs> oh my God. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> so heavy. <laughs> So was years of alcoholism, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> triggered. Um, I triggered myself, whatever. No, I, I know what you mean. I think like, I think we all kind of want something we don't have, right? Yeah, of course. And so like for me, I always wanted to have vulnerable conversations. I always wanted to, to look after myself and I always wanted to have friends and I always wanted to... Um, to be something because I, when I was younger, and this is probably where the rock star mentality is. Thank you, therapist. Um, <laughs> You're you know, welcome. You know, I was as a kid, I was like kind of bullied by my dad, and I was like kind of always told by everyone I ever met, whether it was teachers or like anyone, not everyone, but like friends of my mum's, and like. I was always told that you'll never do anything. Like you're always just a failure. And as a kid with ADHD, I'm just like scatty, not wanting to do anything. I can understand that's coming across, mm. but in order like for you to tell someone that, that's mm. pretty shitty. So I was always told that stuff. And I was always like on the outskirts of like friendship groups. So I grew up um, or not having a lot of friends, but like I would never have consistent friends. Mm. And like primary and high school and stuff, I was always trying to have friends and I was always trying to like – empower myself and like um just feel like wanted as well and so that's also why i'm like i've got to be big or like i've got to be a rock star to prove them wrong kind of yeah well every year i send my my art teacher um my end of financial year return so because he was one of the people that told me i'd never make never be an artist so um, i can't wait to send this year's (laughs) did you have someone that believed in you no my mum Okay. Yeah, my mum my and my nan were the only ones that believed in me. Um, and what about later? Like, have you had mentors throughout your career? No, never. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think, like, obviously my friends support me and stuff yeah. and, like, um, people on socials and stuff. But that only goes so far. But, like, obviously my biggest supporters, my mum and, mm. and Brit, my wife, um, and my puppies. Bless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think like it obviously the drive comes from the fact that I've always just never really been given anything. Mm. 
And I've always just like, I've got this fear of loss that if I stop, then it's not going to, it's just going to come. It's just always going to stop. Oh, that's happen. interesting. Yeah. So there's your workaholic tendency. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like, um, my that, I think that's a common freelance mentality though, isn't it? You can't yeah. say no. Cause as soon as you start saying no, the reputation goes out that you say no. And then no one will start keep asking. In a way I found that sometimes it's actually the opposite when you start saying yeah, no. Definitely. Yeah. I've um, really been seeing that. Yeah. Saying no means that the ones I say yes to are really aligned. It's very empowering. It was also this new wave that I'm on. It's probably similar for you as well, is that the jobs that I say yes to need to define my brand and mm. they need to get me the next job. Yeah. So I've actually started turning down a lot of residentials because I don't feel like they're going to like benefit my portfolio mm. or I don't. And that sounds obviously entitled and whatever, but I need to think about what makes me happy and mm. what drives me. And yeah, unfortunately, like boring corporate com client commissions mm. aren't really the thing that drives me. It's, mm. it's the creative freedom and the and the the upscaling and stuff. So, mm -hmm. like the project I just did at Vivid um, in Sydney, Vivid Sydney, um, which was awesome. That was the ADHD themed one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I describe it to us. You created sort of like a monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was fucked. <laughs> um, so. Um, Dell was really lovely and they Dell the brand. Dell the brand, yeah. They didn't they didn't actually um Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, there's me dancing. Yeah, this is a great video. Um Look at Rockstar. My mum actually came down, so that's why I wrote mum <laughs> my mum's never been to one of my jobs before. So um Did they ask you to dance or were you dancing? Uh look, honestly. Now in ADHD, I, that's right. I was on three hours sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Consistently, I was completely delirious. By consistently this <laughs> over a week, and like the photographers were like, yeah, well, look how complex this is! A ridiculous artwork behind you. Literally. How long did that take you? Uh, that took me four full days. Four days. Four full Not days. Weeks. Yeah, That's me, insane. me, and the amazing Sean Lou. Wow. Um, all, 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 all these lines. Everything, including the base coat. What, and, what and about the, the structure though? There's like boxes and stuff happening. We don't want to talk about the structure. No, <laughs> um, no the insane. So the idea behind the structure was that it's supposed to fit, make you like you're supposed to walk into this room and instantly feel like you have ADHD. Yeah. Constantly looking around, always something to look at. Did you did you come out of that a bit like crazy though? Were the lights yeah. that red all the time? Nah. Okay. Nah, they were, they were, they were white <laughs> That's lights. worth clarifying. Um. So Del oh, so cool. Del was really lovely, and they didn't really talk to me about like what I wanted to do, but they were just rather like, we're going to give you this space, just like talk, just do something. That's great. And so I being really passionate about mental health, mm. I hey, uh, liked my dish one. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm famous. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that like I was talking about something like that was personal and that like I felt like I was, I can change the stigma of ADHD. Yeah. I think when you talk about ADHD people, they're just like, oh, these guys like bouncy or yeah. just like can't stop doing something. Whereas it's not that. It's actually highly stressful and really fucking disorientating. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to make people feel that when they came into the room and I wanted to make people feel like the second you get in there, you are not only overwhelmed, easily distracted, um, mm. claustrophobic as we've been talking about mm. tonight earlier um, and just encompassing feeling of just like a lot mm. just a lot and so i definitely nailed that but yeah <laughs> um i'm confident in what i did i was fucking got paid out the ass for it too no and, but um, like four days is not not a lot of time 
four to, it, honestly, I would have preferred to have, a, have about three and a half weeks for it. Yeah. Was yeah. that the only window that you had access to? Yeah. And it actually, to be fair, I did it in three and a, uh, three days with Sean. Um, they didn't, there was something like just logistic, yeah, like mm. logistic things that pushed me back a day. Mm. Um, so the type, the deadline didn't change, but mm. like my workload changed and I had to meet it. And, um, yeah, was I, there a, we, um, we were working 18 hour days. Oh my God. Like for four days in a row and the, and the lead up to plan it as mm. well was a lot was a lot of work planning it. How much, like how long before the installation did you get the job? Um, I got the job about three months before. Yeah. Three or four, I can't remember. Um, but I was working on it like every day. Oh, wow. Like uh, even if it was like an hour, yeah. an hour yeah. here, an hour there, just developing concepts, yeah. like talking to the clients. Um, did you know you wanted to do the ADHD thing from the beginning? Um. No, no, I didn't. I think it just happened naturally and organically. Um, the only thing we were asked to do was me and another artist, Andrew Archer. He was like in a different room. Um, but the only thing they told us was just like, we want self-portraits. We want to, we want like. That's such a cool brief. So I was like, well, I'm not going to do an empty self-portrait. Like I wanted to do something that is obviously personal because yeah. it's self-portrait, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the theme that, um, that I was given was manga. They were like, just do something in like. Okay. Yeah. Because of your work specifically? Because I'm Japanese. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, like you've got a bit of a cartoon vibe. Yeah. 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 It's fairly illustrative and stuff. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just like Easter egg the fucking shit out of everything. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like ADHD has never really turned off and all that mm. stuff. So, um, it has my puppy, Fury. That's so detailed, dude. It's a lot of work. Is this brushwork? No, nah, no, nah, that was all digital. It was a lot. It definitely ruined me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, I, I feel like I'm reliving it. So I'm just like in my head. I'm like, I'm not going to sleep tonight. It's fine. <laughs> baby Yoda's. Yeah. <laughs> Little babies. Yeah, definitely. The more you look, the more you see. Was Vivid sort of one of those? Um, big goals in a way or yeah. one of the, because it's kind That's of one of question. like the premier like public art yeah 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 in, in australia and so like, many people visiting like yeah. huge numbers yeah and yeah was that sort of a cool thing to be a part of yeah it was it was massive to be honest like um so i did a project for vivid the first like in 2017 and that was the catalyst for me leaving my job um, Your day job? Yeah, I was a designer um, at a really um, shitty workplace. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Ooh, where's this going? <laughs> um, I was just trying to. That's the fifth. Four four yeah, yeah. <laughs> PC, PC. Um, nah, they were wankers. Um, so I, yeah, I, I did got a job for Vivid, and they. I think like I lowballed everyone just to get the job. And yeah. obviously I had no idea how much people were charging. I didn't even know anyone was charging. They either. asked you a quote? They asked me to quote it, yeah. Oof, that's awkward. So I did like a public mural in like this space like on hoarding. And um, I think I charged like two grand or something like that. And I think when I when I finished the job, I was like, how much did other people want? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, you, you beat everyone by thousands. And I was like, that's not okay that's, for you to tell me no, that or but not, not to tell you to let it happen yeah to let that happen oh, like, that's yeah hard. so i i kind of ate that 
like when I finished. But that's a bitter cake. Yeah. So um, yeah, when two thousand's not a lot after like accommodation and paint and nah. like how much would you have well, walked away with? I was in Sydney and I already had the paint, so I okay, used okay. to I used to steal my paint. So yeah, really sorry everyone. Um, <laughs> um, so I used to yeah I used to steal my paint, so it was fine. Um, but I did the job in like a full day mm. and it was like 30 meters worth of mural, wow. um, like two meters high. And I just like smashed it in a mm. day. I just like, I don't even know how I did it. I don't even think I ate, but I wanted to do it cause I wanted mm. to get more work like that. So it was nice for vivid because it was the, the, the catalyst for me yeah. leaving my job. So it was nice to come back to it. But, but, um, but that, that wasn't a well-paid catalyst. That was just an emotional catalyst. Wasn't yeah. it? It was like, cool. Okay. I can do this. Yeah, definitely, because I knew that I had that one job and I knew that I could get more. Mm. Um, did it, just, it lead to more or did you use it as a leverage to get more? I used it as a leverage to get yeah. more. Yeah, I definitely didn't get more work from that. Um, but I think because I did, I did it in a graffiti style as well. So, mm. like, I wrote um, here's to having a good time all the time or something like that, mm-hmm. like the Kramer quote from Seinfeld. Okay. And then, um, I'm just picturing you with, like, Heavy bags under your eyes. <laughs> yeah, they're Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> really loving life. <laughs> um, yeah, but I used, I used to go to Vivid all the time with my mum and like and and as a teenager and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was nice to like to go somewhere that I'd been like younger. Yeah, and I was younger and like being invited to have like this um, this profile, like a high profile involved with it as well, was nice mm-hmm. because. Um, yeah, I was like, I watched my mum from the sidelines and she was like, she was like standing there just like, oh my God. Um, just looking like Danny DeVito, the art critic. <laughs> um, but this time around, because uh, do you have an agent? Like how did they, how did it happen again? Because you said that was 2017. That was quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't have an agent. Um, they just reached out to me. Mm. Um, the, the agent, the agency that, um, that organised at the middle company they reached out to me mm. um, and I've done work with that middle company before. So I've done work for Dell as well before. So mm. it was just it's like this. Choice. Yeah. It was yeah. just like, we got to get this guy back for this. Mm. And um, it's so much about relationships, isn't it? I don't oh. think young artists know that. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You just like, even if it's like the smallest paycheck in the world, just be a kind, nice person and don't be a dick. That's all I try and to And they'll be. come back. Like even if that person's left that job and gone on to become like, some marketing exec in a high flyer, they will come back to you if you're a good person. Yeah, I try to be a good person by default anyway, mm, to be honest. Like yeah. I feel like I kick myself in the ass anytime I, I come across like a fuckwit. Yeah. Like I, like anytime I'm really tired at the moment, I'm just like watching myself be really short with people mm. and I'm like, no, yeah, no, no. And I've like found myself kind of um, rationalizing to that person mm. why I've been really short. Yeah, I do that too. Even when, we had, head, even yeah. when we had dinner before, I was like, <laughs> I, I have felt the need to tell you on the way out. Yeah. I was like, I get really weird in public spaces. <laughs> When we're it's, when when we're outside, we're sweet, and you can tell now that we're sweet. But like, oh, we'll sit in there in Rama before. I was just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just <laughs> you, like you honestly weren't. <laughs> it might have felt like that, but you were fine. I felt like I was in a blanket, <laughs> just like ready for bed or something. Yeah, but I'm experiencing that on the the mural job I'm at now, where I'm small talking with people. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of out of my energy levels, I suppose, to be able to do that for days and days on end because there's that many different employees at this company. Yeah. Um, and I feel this kind of pressure to be, yeah, to be like a kind and, and a good listener and a deep listener when actually I'm like, man, this is like really struggling right now. And I kind of 
say thank you so much for your time and then I go out and like die at a local wetlands. I'll just find like nature and just go and like be still for a little there's half a, hour. There's a lot of conversation right now about like consent with unloading on people as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and that's something that I'm like really actively trying to do with people that I'm around. Like if- um, like, like trauma? So let's just say, for example, like I feel the need to like – to emotionally dump on you. Just mm. like, oh, I've got to unload. I've got to vent. Mm. I will most of the time, sometimes I forget, but like I'll tr- do my best to go, hey, like how's your energy? Do you mind, right, if, I, right, do you mind right. if I vent? Oh, that's great. Or like, like, that's so interesting. Maybe it's a little bit into the conversation. Go, yeah. Oh, shit, I've been unloading on you. Yeah. Do you have capacity yeah, to take yeah. this on? I try and be as mindful as, as I can yeah, because um, when people – It's un- hard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When people unload on me, like I can take it and like – it's 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 easy to do, but I will walk away from it going, fuck, I'm yeah. drained. Yeah. Um and it's a it takes a it's yeah. taxing as fuck. I'm doing the opposite well like the preventative opposite now where if I know I'm low, I'll shoot the text prior and be like, Hey, just a heads up. Yeah. I'm feeling really flat right now. So I'm if you do offload onto me, I'm gonna be a dick. Like yeah. just save yourself and don't yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean that's I think that's what everyone should be. And that's it should be this new wave of um of practicing your work really and like getting into commercial or whatever. It should just be a thing mm. in general. Like I messaged my client the other day, I was like, Hey, I know I'm supposed to get something to you this afternoon. I'm probably gonna get it to you tomorrow morning. I am depressed and I'm anxious and I'm ch- I'm chowing through a Cadbury Cadbury, yeah, right. mar- Cadbury marble block right now. Oh, that's like, interesting. Like, do you mind? And he's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Take next week. I'm like, sick. Okay. That's really interesting because I've had a client do that to me. They yep. sort of they sort of um, overshared, I would yep. have called it. Like, yep. hey, I can't make our meeting because X, Y, and Z yep. as, a, as a really personal thing and I hadn't really met them yet. I didn't know who they were. And I felt like that was someone that I, I needed to set boundaries with. Yep. Like yep. I wasn't actually going to trust can. them to pay my paychecks or yep. manage me in a – OHS sort of like up lift environment mm. because they were already before we even began showing clear signs that they weren't capable. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. I think the client that I, I'm talking about in particular, I've had for a while, so it's okay. You felt comfortable. Oh yeah. For Cause sure. I would certainly say like, like, Hey, I'm not going to make it. I'm not mm. going to make that deadline. X, Y, Z, whatever. Yeah. But to say to what you're describing, yep. which is what I got from this person I had never met. Yeah. Um, See, I've been on the re- like I've been on the receiving end of that, right? Mm. So, like, I remember I did this job last year. Um, I won't go into detail who or what, but it was a very high profile retail job. And retail meaning painting in a retail space. What do you mean? Or creating art that becomes? Isn't yeah. Re- how do you talk about it without <laughs> a retail client? Retail client. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, retail client. And so I decided to say, like, I'd been working three days on 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 just on in general, yeah. just like f- full pelt. Yeah. And um, I've got in my terms and conditions like, hey, look, if there's tradies around, let me know because I don't do well in crowds. Oh, that's interesting. And I don't necessarily like the idea of a fucking uh, circular saw behind my head. Yeah, like, fair enough. <laughs> I, I have like part of ADHD, I have like sensory overload as yeah. well. Like I have hypersensitive hearing. Yeah. And so if there's a power tool going on right behind my head, I'm going to hear it 10 times louder than the actual power tool. And so, you know, I just say to everybody, like, give me space. Mm. I'm an artist. I'm trying to be creative. Mm. If you want the best work you can get, I need to have these mm. conditions. And so um, nobody told me that there was tradies and there was circular saws going on. There was, like, my ladders being stolen, my paint was oh, being moved. So and, and I was, like, at I think at the end of day f- three or four, 
I was like, hey, I've done four days. Oh, I've done this many days with, with tradies. I'm going to have the weekend off. I know the deadline's there. I'm still going to meet the deadline. Yeah. I'm just letting you know that I'm not going to come in over the weekend because I've, I wanted to look after my mental health. Yeah. And I got met with, well, maybe you're not good. For, you're you're not good for this type of oh, work. Wow. Even though you had already told them, like, you know what you needed to say to protect I'm, that. Yeah, space. I'm an established artist that has an established portfolio, and I can definitely take this type of work. But I've never ever, to that point, been like gaslit or yeah, um, been had had enforced. Um, imposter syndrome like placed onto me and i'm like oh, i'm like yeah and I'm, <laughs> everybody does everybody but like i i deal with that myself but for someone yeah, to like yeah. throw that on yeah, me it's i was just dark. like it's i was dark. just so uncalled for and um how did you manage the situation oh, i just went fucking quiet i was yeah. like i literally walked into the job like with my hood on yeah my my headphones yeah. on and um it's going visible i had fuck off written all over my face yeah. like i had come in um battling like yeah. really bad depression and I'd come off um my antidepressants like cold turkey I was like well no, I was yeah. like not doing good yeah but I needed to make sure the deadline was hit and I was still on par I was still on mm -hmm. track mm -hmm. and so I'd come in on the Monday and I got met with that and I was like that's not really one of what I wanted to hear mm -hmm. and also I've been vulnerable with you so mm -hmm. maybe take that with a bit of like take it take it easy with me yeah but yeah it was just it was so rude and it was just like horrible mm. And, uh, yeah, I hope to never work with that person again. Mm. Um, but just to have that, like, thrown on me from that side when I'm being vulnerable. That, that is such a testament to the culture they're working in, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that they didn't know how to navigate that situation and certainly didn't have the right answers for it is just a full mirror at what their office place would be like. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, like, even just on the note of me just being vulnerable with someone, yeah. like... Not okay. You don't have to answer it if mm. I'm telling you I'm, I'm having a bad day or if mm. I've had a bad weekend. Like I'm, I'm telling you because I want you to be nice to me. Mm. If you don't have the capacity to be nice to me, don't be nice. Don't say. Yeah, yeah. Don't just say stay away. <laughs> yeah, but I was just met with like rude behavior and just like forced imposter syndrome and just like yeah, maybe you're not met for these type of big jobs and like and then they went off and told my manager at the time that they should dump me as a client oh, man. and um yeah another example of blackballing as yeah well. yeah and um yeah and uh i don't think they're doing any work at the moment because they're probably just <laughs> a crossed. horrible person yeah fingers crossed. <laughs> we can uh, only hope. i nearly messaged the re i nearly actually messaged the retail client too i nearly messaged them and just gone like yeah you should never work with that person but i did yeah well i think that's worthwhile it, i probably should no, have because done it that person up. doesn't have the capacity to hear feedback right like they're mm. stuck in their bubble yeah but anyone outside of their bubble that has the capacity to like avoid that situation happening again and again and again yeah. is worth talking to. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm, it's part of my ethos just as a, as a human being, just to be like transparent. Mm. Like I'm a really bad liar. Mm. Um, I've been told that my whole life, so I've just believed it. <laughs> um, so I, I make no effort to lie. I can't be bothered really. Like it seems such an effort, like mm. seems like such a laborious task to like consistently like hide mm. or like, be untrue or whatever. So I'm just like, what you see is what you get. And I know it sounds cliche, but it really is like, I am like high drive, high, like sad a lot of the time, but also very, very approachable and very communicative and just transparent with my mental health mm. because I like to think that I'm removing the stigma of a lot of things that I go through. You are. You um, obviously are. I like to think I am. Um, so I think in that, in that regard, when I'm open, like, don't close the door on me. Like, right, right. Yeah. 
Um, Did the Del Vivid um, Mayhem have a um, artist statement attached to it? Yeah. yeah. So the people that walked into that space um, learnt about what they were seeing? Um, no, I think it was more written. I, th- I think it was like a small plaque. I wanted it to be bigger and more mm. obvious, but... I had like now an ADHD written everywhere. So I, yeah, think, people, I yeah. think people caught on. Yeah. If they didn't, like, I also like the fact that they also didn't know, you know, I think the fact. Do is, you think there's benefit for um, like message driven street art to have artist statements or some sort of opportunity to talk to the public? Um, I think, I think that's not necessarily an easy answer though, because I think um, art, should be mis- should be interpreted however you, mm. they sh- they feel yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. I really don't think Jackson Pollock had any idea what he was doing yeah but nonetheless I think people can decipher it and like post rationalize and tell a story that they want to be told yeah um so I think in that regard um, maybe I think sometimes it can call for it it's up to the artist completely mm. I would love to see a lot of like a lot of inspira- or inspirational emotion or information about the mm. piece or in general like yeah especially vulnerable pieces for sure yeah like yeah. i'd love to hear about the one on the road um and like what was your inspiration behind that the mushrooms one around yeah. the corner there is a plaque it's just too high to read i know <laughs> i should tell them that was the first time i'd seen it i have to tell them <laughs> yeah i was like what <laughs> tiny tiny writing um qr codes at the top yeah but that was a that was a corporate partnership so i had a brief and Unfortunately, the brief should have given me free reign because, you know, it just needed to have a sort of sustainability theme and most of my work does. Yeah. But um, but no, it just had like a few too many cooks in the kitchen around uh, who wanted what. I'm yeah. happy with the end result. Like it was really nice yeah, revisiting great. it then. You can tell you're a designer though just from looking at that with the, like, <laughs> the 90 degree type and like <laughs> the, cons- the was, layout and the negative space. Like the, I'm consistently met with the long skinny canvases and I love symmetry and I love like the tall skinny and uh, the last like, I don't know, probably six or seven murals have been really kind of short and long. Very hard space for me to work in. I don't like doing the extreme zoom ins. Yeah, you know, like some artists would work with that space and they'll do like a, you know, a slice, like a bird's eye mm. and a waratah. Mm. <laughs> and they'll fill that canvas with really close up stuff like that. And I call that laziness. Yeah, well. I <laughs> <laughs> do you look at like, because you've got the designer brain, do you look back at like, do you look at other people's work or do you look at like design? <laughs> and we just, gonna shit talk. <laughs> no, we're not shit talking. We're not shit talking. Okay, but yeah, do yeah. you like... I love, the, I love the fact that we promise not to shit yeah. talk. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta try. Um, do you no, look at, do you look at stuff and go like, oh shit, the kerning's off, or like that's a horrible yes. font choice? <laughs> yes. Or like, hundred percent yes. Ah fuck! I just like I look at the I I went to this gallery a, a month or so ago, and I saw it was done by a designer and an art director, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. And then I went there, and the um the letting was like too far apart and uneven. Oh, and I was like, oh. that's a fun time. And I was like, why did you do that? Yeah. It, was every, it was everywhere. <laughs> oh no, that's hard. It was like the show title. That, oh, that's very hard for me. And I do, I like probably have moved to the countryside specifically for that because I was so, I spent like a long part of my life being like so in tune with typography that there's, a, there's only serifs it's so out exhausting. There. Yeah, it's so exhausting. Welcome However, to Sarah, Sheriff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> However, um, 
like most of my design inspiration comes from like like really ratty stuff like like patch together um you know photocopy zines or I punk t-shirts or i don't know where this is going but it's very like is that the time yeah um it's very very lo-fi yeah so there's a fine line between just like straight up bad design but then really good bad design that yeah. i absolutely adore and for a really long time like i want I've wanted my typography to be way out of kilter. And I'd just scan in like super old sign writing books that I'd find in op shops and then just individually place letter by letter, but, you know, try not to do it. Yeah, that's kind of similar to where I have seen. Like we're not that different after all. Mm. Um, I look at like all my inspiration comes from vintage movie posters. Yeah, yeah, see. Or like. That really comes across. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've <laughs> been figured out. Um, or I actually get a lot of like layout inspiration in general, like for my stuff or for like Honeybone stuff from Japanese typography. Yeah, sick. So like so I'm good. a massive fan of Japanese, like Japanese posters mm. and like layouts and typography. They're so loud. Yeah, they're so like, rich. Yeah. Like, so I don't know what's going on and I'm just. Like, yeah. It's beautiful you, design. What do you sell? You're selling sponge? I think that's like, it's almost like visually so much like so appealing because I don't understand what I'm reading. So it really is just visual. Like mm. I'm just looking at layout and like balance. Mm. They nail it for sure. Oh, always, yeah. I remember going through college, like everyone was going, oh my God, Helvetica is amazing. Yeah, that happened and for like, me as I well. I had a documentary about Helvetica. Did you? Yeah. I was vomiting. I, I didn't, they did. So yeah, I watched like, a documentary. Yeah, yeah. It was I watched good. a documentary yeah, in design yeah. school and then made a point to hand draw like absolutely everything, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have never used Helvetica since watching that movie. <laughs> I will never use it. I wonder uh, if I did in that last mural. I think I used Futura in the last one. Mm, that inspire uh, growth definitely was look a like, fun. Look like Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've been sticking with this one typeface for like a year now and I'm not letting go of it. Oh, you know what? No, um, I really need to clarify that. I remember where I got it from and it was an old um, typography book, like an old one that just had a few letters called newsprint. Oh. And I used the ones that they had and then I made up the rest and I remember... I distinctly remember I have photographs on my Instagram. <laughs> I get real shitty now every like every time I leave the house, I see like a Stranger Things font everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's there are using it. trends going on. Yeah, I fucking hate it. Mm. Like it just I such as I'm such an asshole at heart. <laughs> like I'm so bitter. <laughs> that's hard. I'm bitter and petty <laughs> and defeating. <laughs> oh, that's um, a sad place. No, I'm like I, we are sad. No, I like to like I, I love looking at people's design and just like shitting on it and just never telling anybody about it so it's nice to talk to another designer and just go like yeah so we'll get it on the record it's, it's do you also do you also it is shit a switch on that you cannot turn off you <laughs> like, can't and, and anyone around you as well like yeah. brit who from i think maybe the last five years has only really started noticing what good design is yeah and yeah. like she's no she's noticing fonts she's mm. noticing layouts kerning tracking letting like all that shit mm. kerning tracking same thing I think, I think. No, I don't either. Hmm. Oh, we got to take all those accolades back now. Yeah. I, now, <laughs> I, now I feel like I've just like outed myself as like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm having an epiphany. He can edit that out. That's no, good. no, leave it in. <laughs> We're going raw. Fuck tracking. Okay. <laughs> no, tracking is the same as kerning, isn't it? Um, 
Do you want well, me to Google? No, yeah, I maybe. Know two different things. I I'm do, pretty yeah. sure kerning is the space between the letters and tracking is the space between the lines. That's letting. Oh, 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 yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe they are the same thing. I think thing. kerning and tracking are the same thing. But also, now I'm really concerned. Well, it's been a while. Yeah, I've not tried. I left design school like seven oh, years ago. But the letters, kerning is between the letters, um, and tracking is throughout the whole word. That's what it says here. Oh. So kerning is just between two letters, like just the space oh, between okay. two Where letters. Where kerning involves the spacing between two letters, yeah. Tracking involves the spacing throughout the oh, okay. entire oh, yeah. word. Okay. So effectively, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. But yeah. Just looked at differently, yeah. yeah. More broadly, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I could wipe that sweat from my brow. <laughs> oh my lord! Here I was thinking, like, I'm a fake. <laughs> nah, we're well, good. Well, speaking of sweaty brows, what about your uh, time as a Bunnings face painter? Fuck, how'd you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll end on this note. <laughs> oh my word. Um, yeah, so I've that? been fired from about 17, 18 jobs in my life. Yeah. So uh, that was one of them. Um, <laughs> I got employed in the tool shop. Um, I was working three jobs and going to uni and just started dating Brit. So that was 2013. I was working two bar jobs and a Bunnings job. And I hated working in the tool tool department. And so they knew that I had to work in the tool department. So they either put me on trolley duty or they put me on face painting. And so I fucking crushed face Yeah, painting. no doubt. <laughs> I like, what's up, kid? You want a Spider-Man? I can't do Barbie face paint, but let's do Spider-Man. What would Barbie face paint? Let's Literally, that was one of the most requested things I ever got. Oh. And I was like, no, I'm not doing Barbie because I don't know what to do. Who does? Like, I don't, do I do like extra blush or like, or eyeshadow? I feel like that would look horrific. Oh, it'd look horrible. It'd look like. Um, face painted makeup would be. Trend that would be next level. It would look like the Simpsons episode where Homer fires the makeup shotgun at yeah, at yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, pretty much everyone just got Spider Man. To be honest, like, I was I was He's so good there. at Spider Man. Someone was like, I want Hulk. I'm like, it's racist to green face kid. Like, don't do it. <laughs> and then so um yeah, I got fired for calling kid a racist. No, I got <laughs> I got fired because I just like hated the job and like everyone I worked there was just like fucking liberal and or old and I was just like. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you're a bit too young to work at Bunnings, aren't you? I was, like, one of the youngest <laughs> fucking kids there. I was, like, I'm only 31 now, so I think I was working there, like, 20, 22, 21, 22, 22? Yeah, 22. Don't look at me. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an artist because I'm shit at maths. Like. Oh, also that you clearly, like, want to be your own boss. Maybe, yeah. That's probably a good indication. <laughs> Thank you, therapist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I can't fire myself, can no. I? So, I mean, we just oh. we just try to like every day. It's like this. I'm going to cancel myself by the end of yeah, this yeah. by the end of this podcast. Like 100%. <laughs> I'm just going to like drop something. Well, it'd be interesting to see after 30 days of social media what what happens there. Mm. I'm I'm hoping my head gets a bit cleared. To be honest, like I'm going to stick to it. Like I'm going to stick to 30 days. Um, I actually got message today from Brit. She's like, can you do the Honeybones socials? I was like, I'm off socials. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm off socials completely um, except LinkedIn. Um, I like to think of LinkedIn as the new new grinder. It's just a bunch of old, <laughs> bunch of old white dudes when I get in my DMs. I'm like... <laughs> Um, Slipping on in. I know it's made off week, but I'm not doing your Aboriginal art for you. Like, <laughs> come on. Come on. Like, leave me alone. Um, 
And that's another brand we're uh, yeah, yeah. wiping <laughs> off the list. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> Who was the brand again? I just feel like I, I should know. have. LinkedIn. A bit of, yeah, oh, yeah, LinkedIn, NADOC. There's, like, there's a few in there. I'm doing an ADOC job, but I'm like, <laughs> it's it's a good job. It's fine. But like, it's definitely not LinkedIn. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I hopefully it clears my head. Like it feels good already. Like I feel... Even when I was doing the mural today, I felt like I was paying full attention yeah, and um, oh, way more focused. Yeah. Um, I put my phone over the other side of the room and I just like, I just jammed out to like Nate Dog Radio on, on Spotify and um, yeah, I just like cracked. I'm way ahead of schedule. Hence why I'm like jamming out in this podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real. I messaged, I messaged Britt before like who's doing my scheduling and I was like. I'm going for a ramen with Bowie and she's like, okay, be back soon. I was like, no. <laughs> and she's like, All right, I got cool. time. Okay. I'm ahead of schedule. Well, I'm very glad you could uh, fit this in your schedule and uh, it's been a pleasure watching the, the therapy session. <laughs> Felt like it, hey. Filming it. So, no, not at all. No, oh. it, well, it was. It was good. It was really interesting listening. So thank you so much. And uh, static electricity uh, in the building. Yeah, yeah. We'll get those beard hairs uh, oh, up on eBay soon. Yeah, for everyone. Yeah. I'll sign them for you. I love painty pants. Oh my god! <laughs> Just like a paintbrush made from Jessra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. No, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for listening, everyone, and watching. Thank you. Anything else we need to add? Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.